0: Join Justin Charity and Micah Peters in Sound Only as they discuss their deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle, rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and their underlying themes. Check out Sound Only on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
0: Cold open question of the week. Kaz. yo, yep. When you make your pro wrestling debut, are you just going to do the walkout? The cult of personality, or are you going to do the interview with Tony Schiavone to start it off?
2: Listen, the Schiavone rub is real. So I think I'd rather, <laughs> I'd much rather do that. Even as much as I love me some living color, the Shivani rub is, is super real. I can't believe how much I miss Shivani doing in ring promos, man. Good for him. I, I want to talk <laughs> about the Shivani rub. I'm here uh, for the Shivani renaissance, alright? I love it. The schiavone <laughs>
0: Renaissance. sons uh, Let the schiavone Renaissance begin, and let, so let's begin the show.
1: What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr.
0: Perfect, Skyler Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The
2: king of sad Stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun
1: Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I have that Scanlon. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the Phenomenal One, if you will, and you're listening to the, the you're listening, you're listening, Masked mask mask man, man, man
0: Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show
2: with Kaz. How? How are
0: you? Are you back home? Are you comfortable?
2: I'm, I'm back home. I'm comfortable. I feel great. Incredible weekend of wrestling. Let's get right into it, man. I don't even want to waste no time. Let's let's just go.
0: We're uh, talking about the Siobhan-a-sans. The Siobhan-a-sans, yes. <laughs> we should talk about CM Punk up top because this has been a big. This is this is it. This is I mean we SummerSlam weekend, and Punk is what people are talking about. He just made a second appearance last night on AEW Dynamite. I was a little bit conflicted about the Shivani's presence because more than anything, you're not, because, you're not in on the Shivani-sans? No, I'm all in on the Shivani-sans. I think gotcha. I, I came full circle over the course of the interview. I'm not all in on the on, on the I'm not all in the pink pants, the lavender pants. That the Shivaniissance was the pants la- was
2: the choice. It was definitely a choice. But like, where, where would where would Bert Baker DMD be without the Shivani? No, 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 no. It's I mean,
0: amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And listen, as a lifelong wrestling fan, you know, as somebody who sat on the wall-to-wall carpet, for some reason, that's like, the, I was like, I would always lie on the carpet, so the, ta- the, the texture of it is such a big part of my my sense memory, but it was the lying on the carpet, running in at 6.04 on Saturdays and watching Tony Schiavone, or listening to Tony Schiavone's voice over, you know, that, that nice Southern-style wrestling on, mm-hmm. uh, on the Super <laughs> That I mean, he's such a part of my life. Yeah. Um. And I'm so glad that he's back. I mean, yeah. he's so he's he's just such a vital force of AEW. But as someone who I was going to say, as someone who's a lifelong fan and a lifelong fantasy booker, but before I even knew the word, yeah. I mean, listen, putting my CM Punk action figure next to my Tony Schiavone action figure in the ring is a cool thing, right? I mean, it's like it it makes you happy. But I guess the reason why I'm, I'm uh, the reason why I'm thinking about it kind of at all is that right after, or some point over the weekend, the rumor I think Shivani did an interview where he said that the original plan was for him to interview CM Punk on Friday, and I was just like, what a terrible idea that would have been.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. <laughs> they couldn't have pulled off that debut more perfectly. No, like that's that's there's no there's it, it, it not a single. You know, when you talk about good rappers, they didn't take a bar off. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was just... Everything was pitch perfect about that debut, that entrance, the way they did it, the way that they kicked off the show right after SmackDown, at the top of the hour, right with the chance. Love Shabani. Big fan of the shabana Uh, But they they played it right. They played it right and, and, and kind of waited on it. And uh, I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm... Uh... I'm grateful to pro wrestling a lot. I'm grateful to, pr- to pro wrestlers a lot. I don't know how much I like express direct gratitude to like bookers or the people in charge of putting this shit together, but I am, I am grateful for Tony Khan for the way he be presented that thing on Friday night. That was a thing of beauty. And it that was, was a, a moment. That was the it biggest was moment. Moment, by was moment. By far, by um, far. But I'm glad that it came out. I gl- I'm glad that it was just him. You know, I'm glad that it was a, different thing for them i'm glad glad they let punk be punk now last night they let punk be a pro wrestler be a part of the aew universe you know and had him come out and do an interview with tony Schiavone, and and i don't know there was a sort of dissonance there but i think it worked i think overall it was a good thing and it really helped integrate him back it's like i said in the sort of fabric of aew and and uh you know calling out it, it, you know, calling out Darby Allen made a little bit. You know, was a little bit more direct. He could be a little bit more specific about that stuff. Obviously, winking at Daniel Bryan, who. It's one of those things. Like I don't know if it's like more of a done deal. If it seemed like more of a done deal two days ago than it did when the rumors first started leaking. But like, I remember I was making notes for this show two days, three days ago. Whenever I was, I just got done doing an Evan Max show, and I was like, I guess we should say out loud that Daniel Bryan is a done deal, to AEW, because you and I know, you know, with great certainty that to be true. And then, of course, Punk just made, you know, told everybody for the record last (laughs) night.
2: Were you a fan of that? Like, am I too too much in my WWE ways where I'm just used to, like, people chanting something they just kind of look at the crowd and go, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and don't acknowledge it, even though it's something we all know is coming? Or did you like that he just...
0: I think if Punk had said... Sorry, that's another guy's shtick, and just sort of winked at the crowd. That would have been better if he had left yeah. off the patience part, because the patience part now there's no mystery. Now there's it's no just, mystery. It's still yeah. gonna, it's still going to be an electric
2: pop. It's still going to be I mean, be listen, awesome. there,
0: listen. There was no mystery to Punk coming out on Friday. There was really no mystery to to Brian showing up at all. Out, but there was the the sh, the, the semblance of a mystery. There was the sheen of a mystery, right? Like yeah. we could, and we as wrestling fans are accustomed to reacting to script, right? Mm -hmm. Like we know that CM Punk is going to be there, but since they haven't specifically said it, we choose to go along with the show and act shocked when it happens. I mean, I guess there was a certain shock to finally seeing it back after all this time. Don't get me wrong, but we, you know, it's the same way that we boo Roman Reigns, or you know, you get whatever. I mean, you get you you play along. You kind of give. You got to give.
2: That's part of being a wrestling fan. You and now give that CM Punk is, has
0: sort said it, he didn't say it directly. He said it indirectly, but he but he said it indirectly out loud. Then now, I don't know. Do we do? Do we keep acting like we're perplexed? I I, I don't know. Well, I, that, it really it doesn't matter a lot. It doesn't matter a lot because what CM Punk and Daniel Bryan bring to AEW well, at least what Daniel Bryan brings matters more in the ring, right? I mean, he is also this giant totem of what AEW, how how big of an ideal AEW is right now, CM Punk as well,
2: obviously. You know, I, I would say, I would say one thing AEW is really good at is kind of thinking on the fly and fixing things, not fixing things, but, you know, kind of being able to, um, you know, uh, mix things up. When, like when, when that exploding death match happened, they did a good job of kind of covering for that and they cover very well. If I'm AEW right now, now that CM Punk has kind of put it out there, I would just go all in and just start doing a final countdown into <laughs> a specific time during all out on some Chris Jericho stuff and just have that final countdown come on. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna egg it on, if you're gonna do the yes chance, if you're gonna do all that type of stuff, you know, think on the fly and be like, all right. Let's really build out this anticipation and, you know, once you get to the final countdown, pay that licensing fee, play the OG, you know, Brian Daniels and entrance music and that's how you debut him it all out. You know, like, I, I don't think, I'm not one of those people that think punk ruined, you know, the surprise. I think we're all, I think the fun part about AEW is that like, yeah, we all read the the newsletters and the dirt sheets and Twitter and we all know that Brian's on the way there but, a part of a wrestling fan is being able to kind of like play along and play stupid. It's like, all right, listen, like, I know what I'm getting here. I, I get the, I get the, I get the gig, you know? So when it's kind of thrown in your face like that, it does kind of take this thing out of it a little bit, but it's not that crazy. Like I'm not, I'm not going to overreact. I do think there's a way that they can play into it and make it even more fun and more exciting for when he does, you know, make his debut, you know? So um, I don't know. I don't know. Get the final countdown. Play the song, spend the bread, and keep, give Daddy O'Brien that awesome, you know, moment that punk got.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's gonna be ginormous no matter what happens. And it's kind of crazy. I can't believe we're talking
2: about this so nonchalantly. Like, yeah, the guy who main invented WrestleMania <laughs> <laughs> is gonna be an AEW very, very soon. That's nuts. Nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but like it's funny because it does feel like already the rising tides thing is happening, though, a little bit, right? I mean, like WWE's mixing stuff. I mean, they had, to, listen, we haven't done a podcast in SummerSlam, so let's do that part, too. We got Becky Lynch, uh, which we will talk about at greater length, but just for the purposes of making this point, set her aside. Becky Lynch's return, Brock Lesnar's return. Um, on Raw, we obviously got, it's felt like a light shakeup, right? It felt like a little bit of a talent. Like, let's see what these guys got before the before the the draft or whatever we're calling it this time happens. Damian Priest is obviously getting a big look. Um, did you get to talk to Damian this weekend? You weren't there when Evan was interviewing him, but you did you? I, did I, you...
2: I was there. I was there in and out, but I didn't get to talk to him uh, after the show. But I, I overheard the conversation. What's yet. your
0: take on him? I want. I, I'm interested to know because it's like he comes from this generation of of dudes who was who were sort of undeniable, right? I mean, it's like like you're allowed to you're allowed to not have like jack in your top 4 wrestlers or something, but like you're not allowed to not like him, right? I mean, he's of that sort right. of iterate, that that generation of, of indie guys.
2: Yeah, like, you know, when he was when he was Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor, I, I saw him and I was like this guy's not going to be here that long. Like he's 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 made for being on Monday Night Raw. He's tall, crazy look i mean once he got oh, yeah. into shape once he really got into shape and got his body right then i was and you know then you're sticking with the biggest one of the biggest pop stars in the world at wrestlemania it's like oh yeah they clearly have high hope for this dude and he's kind of delivering on it i know Seamus, um you know held that title down admirably but i think it's pretty obvious that you know he's his, he's kind of getting up there you know as far as like uh you know, match, uh, you know, not quality, but, you know, he's been wrestling for a long time. And, you know, I think when you have a mid-card title, you need to have a guy who is kind of fresh, uh, that you believe in for the future, and uh, that can carry the middle of your show. And as much as we love Sheamus, you know, Sheamus has been a world champion. He's won Royal Rumbles. He's done everything. You know, I don't think you're looking at Sheamus as, like, the future, you um, I like Damien Priest. I think Damien Priest brings a sense of uh, a, a charisma that not a lot of the baby faces on Raw have. Like I think a lot of the baby faces on Raw um, are, are characters, so to so to say, outside of you know the New Day, who are you know they're they the New Day, they're, they're kind of like a monolith, but almost all the baby faces on Raw are characters, and Damien Priest is just like. Oh, he's a dude who parties <laughs> and he could fight. And he's from the upper, you know, he's from he's from Hell's Kitchen. He's a New York guy. So like, you know, he he carries himself with a confidence and a swagger that I like in my baby faces. And um, you know, he's he's a hell of a he's a hell of a hand. I, I'd like to see him kind of carry that mid-card as long as he can.
0: I don't know and if he's gonna um, I don't know how long they're gonna be able to keep him in the mid-card. That's yeah. it. I mean it's listen raw is like dude, the raw you know? roster the raw roster is I said thing I said this on Evan's show uh if you have if you guys aren't listening to macmania which is also on this feed you should be checking it out he's doing some he's gonna do some really cool stuff over there but uh if you uh, Raw's roster is sneakily stacked right I think that the show gets enough you know people have enough complaints about the show now and then that you kind of forget the fact that there's like I mean, what there's probably like 8 or 9 potential WrestleMania main eventers just, you know, waiting to come on on that show, you know? I mean, just think about all the WrestleMania main eventers that, they, that they've just shown potential main eventers they've shown the door over the past year. Yeah. Um but at a moment like now where I feel like they're they do feel a little bit of the of the the urge to or the necessity to spice things up. Not a lot of directions you can go to look for that spice, right? Um,
2: yeah, I mean, here's the thing: if you're if you're if you're still worried about WWE making new stars or whatever, just pick up who went over at SummerSlam. You got a lot of NXT guys. You got yeah. Matt Riddle, who you know won the tag team title. You had almost, who's who I don't think ever in NXT uh, in a big match spot. You got you know uh, Damian Priest, who won the U.S. title. You had Rhea Ripley, who was in the you know women's title match. You got you know. You talk about Bianca Belair later, but I think the one thing people have an uh, issue with on, on on WWE, and you talk about like feeling that little bit of pressure is like okay, like who are these new young guys that you know they're they're going to build towards in the future? Like you can't keep you can't keep bringing back Cena, you can't keep bringing back Brock, you can't keep doing these one off things to kind of get people excited. You got to start building dudes. And
0: well, I was going to say if you really want to if you if you want to get people excited about a wrestler. I think that like you and I can both agree. There's probably no better way to do it than putting them in um, weird leather body armor. And, uh, <laughs> the best thing about this, about Karrion Cross's well re debut, debuting the new look on, can we call that a glow up? How do we actually refer I mean, to this on Raw?
2: B, the, the BDSM is not my thing, and I don't I don't king shame anybody. But if that's your thing, listen.
0: There are go people immediately. All the wrestling fans were throwing out you know early demolition with the with the mask and cow looks as like yeah. comps and that was that was that seemed dead on then people started putting like pictures of like shredder from the old TMNT cartoon on there that was weirdly exactly right too there's a couple more obviously the 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 old road warrior movie stuff like you know there's that's where all that stuff sort of originated at least in the wrestling world so there was a lot of that too there was one other one that was just so dead on i couldn't even believe it but the crazy thing is that like all these different references were exactly right and somehow none of them quite did justice to the craziness of this. Now listen, wrestling—it's. I don't think they did. Oh, I don't, I don't think Garen Cross's gimmick was somehow more ridiculous than Demolition or than you know some of the other things that have come before. Yeah, but times have changed. A lot of the stuff from our youth that seemed very scary at the time would probably feel pretty silly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. and. You know, I get the argument that some people inside have made that everything has to be marketable, right? That like every, like like if Karrion Cross is going to get over, it's not going to I mean, listen, people have repeatedly rep, people who don't who like Karrion Cross have repeatedly said that he looks like like when you uh, create your own character on yeah. WWE 2K, right? That was
2: that was the big thing a couple of weeks back. I think he had a dark match on main event and it was the first time we saw him without Scarlett, without any of the crazy stuff, without the big final boss NXT entrance. And everybody was just like, oh, man, he's just a guy. And he had the NXT title. And, like, it was just like, oh, man, he's just a guy. So I could understand trying to to switch things up with him because I think in the ring, he's great. I think, you know, he he gets kind of some unnecessary flack for a while because of the situation he's kind of brought in. He was – he's – I don't want to – there's such things as transitional champions, but he's, like, a transitional, like, champion for an entire – Era where you know he was like the dude that you know he's I don't know man he might be I don't know where NXT is going but he's one of the last dudes that was a killer on the indies that came in ran through NXT and became champion which has kind of been there which is something that they've done before whether it's Kevin Mm -hmm. Owens Shinsuke Samoa Joe Finn all those guys
0: there's there's nobody else that's really like him because it's because his his rise from relative obscurity to being on the tip of everybody's tongue was very, very fast. And then there was the drawn out process where he was trying to divorce himself from impact. And then when he, when he showed up in when he showed up in NXT, it was like, I don't think at least I wasn't prepared to really understand how I was supposed to process him. Am I processing him as, as, Uh, a standout outside of WWE on the same level of some of these other guys because he's not. But he did occupy that level of space in the mind of the wrestling fan. So it's a little bit weird. But yes, I mean, listen, he's, he was, it's weird because he's, he represented the changing of the guard in NXT, but he dropped the title and then left NXT as the guard was changing to people more like him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. the rest like the we are all assuming the future of the NXT of NXT is going to look a whole lot like Karrion and Cross, but now Karrion and Cross is up on the main roster. So I guess that's just how it's going to go. But anyway, well
2: I mean I, I hear I hear through the streets that Samoa Joe is, you know, not just a competitor, but he's, you know, he's a big part of what that change of NXT is going to be. I mean, we saw him at the at the um yeah, you saw him at the uh, you know, the, the tryouts, tryouts for all the WWE. Did, you, watch, did you ever watch
0: that video of them offering? I the saw contracts? a couple of the videos. Yeah. First of yeah, all, they that. offered contracts to just a shocking number of people, and I I apologize for any jokes I made about this thing before. I really thought that it was going to be just a gimmick that they were going to yeah. like like the old, like the TV show where they're just going to offer one contract at the end, and it's going to be like. It's gonna be like a two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but spread out over forty five years, so that like the person never makes any money, you know. But like this, w- they they offered like fifteen contracts to people, and by the way, these were legit; these weren't just like
2: you know, these weren't just guys off the street. They were they were star athletes. There's guys from uh, you know, uh, reality of wrestling Booker T's promotion. Yeah, that's I what I was gonna
0: say. Yeah, I know that that one guy from Booker's who got Booker's promotion. Got I mean, Booker's been. I don't think it's any secret, but Booker's been training guy people for a while and he's like if they ever wanted to expand the you know expand the footprint of nxt booker book reality of wrestling is not a bad place to start because he does it in a real wwe sort of friendly style at least now and and he's
2: got and he's got a hell of a rap sheet you think of ember moon you think of the usos Mm -hmm. you think of a lot of these guys who have had success at wwe so i mean you know reality of wrestling is and He took one of my oldest
0: ideas. He didn't steal it from me. I'm not going to accuse him of stealing it from me. Uh, But one of my oldest ideas, he actually executed. Mm. And I am so... I'm just in awe of the man. He does... Kids wrestling camps, like th- like I used to, <laughs> back back on cheap heat, we I used to, about this in Vegas. Yes. Yeah, back on <laughs> cheap heat, I used to I used to talk about. I used to say, why don't we? Like parents are always looking for summer camps to send their kids to. My nieces and nephews went to went to circus camp this summer. Why are <laughs> why why don't we have? WWE branded kids wrestling camp. It's just screaming into microphones on camera and tumbling. They don't have, they're not going to hurt each other, oh. but they get to do characters. They get exercise. They get to, and, and Booker's doing this.
2: You, you have a lot, you get into a lot more danger going to like Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, oh, yeah. and like, you know, being around wild animals and, you know, <laughs> and poisonous like plants and stuff. At least in the ring, you're going to have some crash pads You have some professionals around you. It's not about getting getting hurt. It's about it's about doing summer. It's about the experience. Yeah, Yeah. it's about the
0: experience. And who doesn't? What kid doesn't want to put on a cape and a mask and just you know just have fun, just act for a while? But anyway, we're way off base. We're way (laughs) way off base here. The whole point is, uh, they offered a bunch of people contracts, and now the future of NXT looks very different. I don't know what's going to happen, but to bring it totally full circle to. uh Lord Humongous or Carrion Cross, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I'm not sure this is as big a deal as everybody says it is. I, my biggest, you know what my biggest hang up with his new look was? Somehow this costume made him look smaller. <laughs> like demolition, these guys looked like they were, you know,
2: they look like they Joey were like, Bo- they look like Nick and Joey Bosa, just two big, just yes. monstrous linebackers. They look
0: like they were like one like T-bone steak away from popping out of all that leather, right? I mean, they were just big, strong, healthy
2: (laughs) men. Yeah, Yeah.
0: And somehow, but the size of the helmet, but also the shape of the straps or whatever on carrying cross, he like doesn't actually look better. Like, like, it kind of looks like, he looks like a person wearing a gladiator costume, which is not necessarily the look you want to go for. I don't know what's going on with Scarlett. I, I totally bought into the gimmick of him losing until he brought her back. And now you're starting to wonder, like, is she just, you know... Is Vince pulling a Alana with her, where he's just like trying to se- gonna separate him out and whatever? I mean, who knows? Who knows? It would Who knows? Be, they, who but, knows? but I'm not.
2: I'm not necessarily uh, sure that. I mean, how how deep is her wrestling? Like, has she has she wrestled before? Yeah, yeah, sure yeah she's she wrestled it. before,
0: but she's not. I don't think it would have shocked anybody if she had stayed just as a you know valet, valet. for the rest of her career. Yeah. So we need
2: some valets, man. I mean, Zelina Vega is a full time competitor now. I think she was probably the only real valet that they had before they lost Andrade. So I mean, like maybe they're maybe they're holding her off for a minute. To,
0: to, yeah, to maybe so. To, yeah, let's um, not, we won't. We're not going to assume too much. But man, um, I'm excited. I, I mean, Carrying Cross is reason to be excited about Raw. You know, I mean, it's the, the outfit. The outfit is what it is. But you know, <laughs> kids are gonna kids are gonna be wearing that. They're gonna be wearing that helmet. I mean, dude, you went to the Superstore at some, the SummerSlam Superstore this weekend. Like, they were selling SummerSlam-branded Rey Mysterio masks. And Rey Mysterio is a legend and an icon and whatever. And Rey Mysterio... Rey Mysterio might be gone and wrestling for another company in 15 minutes. Like, we don't... I mean, Rey Mysterio... <laughs> Rey Mysterio is not the dude who signed his life away to WWE like some of these guys, right?
2: Oh, no. Rey Mysterio is a savvy, savvy businessman. I mean... And,
0: and listen... WWE needs some other masks to sell at the superstore. That's all I'm saying. Like they like
2: <laughs> if this were well, if they're, Dim- they're selling, they're selling the Nikki Ash masks, too. I mean, yeah, like that's I true. Those, are, those are there. So, you know, hey man, you but gotta I, give kids something. Dolls, Alexa Bliss dolls. I get it. The Alexa Bliss, everybody
0: everybody talks about Alexa Bliss stealing Bray Wyatt's gimmick, and yes, she did. But the real thing is she they need they needed to sell dolls. They there was a huge <laughs> they sold so many Bray Wyatt dolls, man. I mean, that was like
2: their the fact bro, that they, they got they this brought- Mattel deal, they got this Mattel deal, you gotta sell Look, me some dolls, It's not bro. even that,
0: it's not even that, man. I was sh- the first time that I saw Bray Wyatt in person. I was shocked that they were that they were selling the Bray Wyatt the Bunny and the whatever like on the at the at the merch table because mm-hmm. usually merch tables even at big events are pretty narrow right I mean it's mm-hmm. like we got your Roman shirt your Cena shirt your Undertaker shirt even though Undertaker's there we got the city you're in 316 and he, maybe like you know a new day and a couple other things for the people who were on the card but generally you know the Sasha Banks glasses were about as like as we're about as like offbeat as you got. Right. I mean, it's not like they're selling the the real deep catalog stuff. You know, it's pretty straightforward It's stuff that it's easy to ship, you know, whatever. I, I was shocked. They're selling all the stuff animals. They're live. Cause I didn't know, cause <laughs> we didn't know at that point if there was a market for it, it turned out there was a bigger market for that than, you know, the John Cena wristbands. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. so there's so <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so yeah, I mean it, I think carrying cross's mask is gonna be a thing that people wear, at least in some in some sort of dumbed down form. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder what is what is riddles what is riddles merch gonna be? I mean, I know they sell oh, shirts scooters, already. Are, you are, they what the, are they doing the are they doing the flip flops? I mean the shower shoes or whatever. I think they got they got flip flops for them. I'm sure they can get that those scooters moving, you know what I mean? Like Can you make a baseball hat that only sits sideways <laughs> on your head? Is there a way that you can
2: do that? Listen, they, and they, and they was pushing, they was pushing the uh rolling papers uh, at WrestleMania. I mean, I don't think anything's out, out the realm of the possibility. And in a the in Nick WWE where I sat ringside at Summerslam and saw cocktail waitresses coming to bring people drinks, and I was like, this is a brand new WWE. I'm pretty sure it wasn't for the entire uh, front row section. But oh yeah, I put, I put nothing past you know uh, the, the type of merch or the, or the the uncharted territory we're going into with the WWE man. Like it is, it is very much turning into a Marvel slash Disney entity. Uh, you know, uh, in, in the next several months or even weeks at this point. Um, so if they sell if they sell some Riddle branded CBD products or some Riddle branded Roman <laughs> papers, like. That that wouldn't shock me in the least bit. I would get that completely, and it would probably make a whole lot of business sense because Matt Riddle is man. If he's not world champion by this time next year, something went terribly wrong. Because you you saw you see not even just Las Vegas and him being from there, but like you just see the reaction he gets every show. And RK Bro is you know as much as I love the Hurt business and Lashley, RK Bro is 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 a reason to watch Raw every single week. Just that relationship just riddles just goofy timely comedy and being able to be an absolute fucking wrecking machine mm-hmm. in, the, in the ring on top of that it's like this guy is is going to be a, he's going to be world champion. Like okay. I, I don't even I, I give it I give it 8 months. I give him I'm I'm start, I'm, I'm giving him my early dark horse Royal Rumble winner. Oh, okay. You know what I mean like well, that's the guy.
0: First of all, I just, I'm checking right now and they do have riddle flip-flops, like shower nice. shoes available on <laughs> WW shop uh, in a number of sizes. Um, so, you know, go get yours today. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
1: apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I've had questions about Riddle the whole way up in WWE. I was a huge fan of him before WWE, but like, I don't know. I, I had, I had, I had some, some questions and one of those questions was like, can you be, how successful can you be in the current era and not be like, it, you know, totally serious, and your character. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, he seemed to. It's a little bit of a comedy act. The way that he's been presented on Raw, and his character, his his personality, obviously has a lot of humor sort of sewn into it. And every doubt that I had on that on that front was answered when he and Randy joined back up, and when they won on Saturday, because you could, because I. I just saw all I needed to see in his face. I know now what his face will look like when he wins the Royal Rumble. I know yeah. how he'll react when he wins the title someday. And it was not it not only like 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 past the bar, but like it, it was more compelling than I could have ever imagined. It was it, it was he he's yeah he can be that guy. He's got my seal of approval.
2: He's I know the, he's that the guy, I know man. everybody's looking for that. He's the guy. I know the, the 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 shoemaker seal of approval. It doesn't come by easily. So Riddle, you know. Bravo to you, but (laughs) he's, 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 I think people, I've seen it since Evolve, man. Like I saw him in Evolve. I saw him in in a bunch of, uh, you know, indie spots forever. And as much as like you love watching, you know, as much as on the outside looking in, it could seem like AEW was snatching up all of the cool young talent. You kind of forget like, oh yeah, they also got like, they got Riddle. You know what I mean like and anybody who's anybody who has seen him since you know since he was tagging with Keith Lee back on the indies or just you know being the evolved world champion and, and, and or the WWN champ like has seen that this dude is got megastar written all over him and yeah uh, if he, I, I, you know his mouth gets him in trouble sometimes and he might have cost himself a couple of big money matches already with guys like like Rollins or, or Goldberg or Lesnar or whatever. But it speaks to how good he is that now it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility where at one point it was like, OK, like this guy's absolutely talk himself out of a Brock Lesnar match or a Goldberg match or any of this stuff just because he's, you know, kind of put his foot, not put his foot in his mouth, but said some things that rubbed certain guys the wrong way. Did things that a lot of talent usually don't do because of that backlash. But the fact that despite all that, in less than two years, he's at the top of Monday Night Raw, the flagship Mm -hmm. show, with tag teaming with their best full-time performer, their most decorated full-time performer. You know what I mean? Like, outside of Cena and Batista and Triple H... It's it's Randy Orton. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, there's nobody man. you trust, there's nobody you trust more on that roster. That's, that's all you need to say about what they think about Riddle. That guy's gonna be carrying that show for a while. And um man, and I, I don't think it I don't think it's not I don't think it is has anything less to do with where we are as um, consumers of wrestling, knowing that we're moving into a very post- You know, cannabis world where it's criminalized. And I'm being that serious. I think all this stuff has to do with like, I don't think Riddle gets as over in a WWE world three or four or five years ago, or 10 years ago, where Riddle, where where RBD and Sabu get pulled over for having weed in the car and he has to be stripped of the title.
0: That doesn't happen
2: anymore. You know, like, and the fact that Riddle is who he is. And really has not changed much of himself since we first saw him in in the UFC even I think it speaks to the fact that like as we progress more as a society on how we look at weed and cannabis and and the entire industry, it's gonna play right into riddle's hand and being a superstar.
0: yeah, I think that's I think that's fair because I mean it, and certainly it's not just the societal like the legality of it it's also just the sort of societal liberalism of it where it's like everybody. In every shoot interview, Bruce Pritchard on his podcast, whatever, talks about smoking weed back in the day all the time, right? right? I mean, like, it's not like anybody's keeping this stuff a secret. Although, I'll take one minor issue with what you just said, which is, if you really want to talk about the the cultural advancement in the acceptance of weed, I think it's more like like Randy Orton's character smokes weed. That's more like mainstream <laughs> than yes. having like the cartoon stoned guy out there as a character, yeah. you know, like Cheech and Chong were allowed to be in pop culture a long time ago. You can be a com, you can be like a, like a, like a comic, uh, a, a comic pothead, but you know, yeah. anyway, I but I yeah. agree. I think, it, I think it's helping Riddle a lot. And like I said, I think I think he's got everything. It's funny because you talk about the guys they do have, right? I mentioned Dijak earlier, obviously Keith Lee patron saint of this podcast. Uh, Matt Riddle and as much as people are fretting about the future of NXT some of the diehards or whatever you look at the NXT roster and it's st- it's still like the like half or maybe the majority of the of the roster is like passes the bar for whatever they're trying to do now right I mean like we, like there's not like I mean just look down the I mean we talked about Adam Cole there's I mean there's a lot of a lot of questions there obviously um, but like you know, Austin Theory, de- Dexter as, Loomis, you know, yeah. Uh, 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 Wal- Walter, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Timothy Thatcher could even do it. Oh, Excobar and the whole Ligo de Phantasm. I mean, like the, all that stuff. Pete Dunley Hero. just offered a new contract. Yeah. There's a lot of big dudes. And listen, w- we talk about the smaller dudes not being, pr- you know, not being the target anymore. I mean... I've been saying for literally I feels like 10 years that Kyle O'Reilly that WWE sh- if they should just sign Kyle O'Reilly and just it, and he can be like he like like I like long ago was like if you don't like Daniel Bryan just just hire Kyle O'Reilly and make him your Daniel Bryan you know He's like a whatever so of
2: that.
0: yeah yeah I mean like like there's 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 gonna be room for smaller guys on the roster that's not like a, it's not like an all or nothing situation yeah.
2: I mean Kyle O'Reilly doesn't have the, the the Daniel Bryan charisma that's the one no thing. no
0: no 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 but yeah. guess what Daniel Bryan didn't have that either you know I mean like it's, sometimes you got to find that in people also also you know Champa is not. A small guy in the sense that, like, he wouldn't, like, he would look fine on the main roster. He is a small mass murderer, like, he will be okay.
2: Well, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, it definitely depends who you put him up against. Because, you know, I remember those Survivor Series matches, and I was like, oh, man, Champo. I think Ciampa was working Randy Orton for a little bit. And granted, Randy Orton's a, a gigantic man. Randy
0: Orton's not. I mean, that used to be, not, that was my thing. The Randy Orton the test. Standard. Put him next to Randy yeah. Orton in the ring. But you know who else looks kind of small next to Randy Orton? Matt Riddle. Like, the, he looks like his big yeah. brother. You know? Yeah. And Matt Riddle's, and, and when you, if just in your head, if you're thinking about, like, on a green screen, Matt Riddle is like, the proper size for a wrestler, right? But, mm-hmm. he, but Randy Orton's just a... Compared to this generation, he's well, just Riddle, a, he's Riddle a giant... Has
2: a, Riddle has the, the advantage of being a, a legit ass-kicker. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah, Chad Gable's small, but it's like, he's a legit ass-kicker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I feel like the same way about, I guess, like, if Gable Stevenson ever walks into WWE, like, he's not the biggest dude, but it's like, oh, he's an Olympic gold medalist. Like, you don't need to be like, well, he's not 6'6". Two seventy five. Like who cares? You know, like this. Once, you, if you have that believability, I don't think size matters. And I think Ciampa has that. Even though he, 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 he. You know, when you look at NXT, and you start to worry about where it's going as a brand. You know, it, I can understand people's qualms about that, but you know, look at. I can't stop raving about that Walter Ilya Dragonoff match. Like that is. Ooh. If you if you missed it on Takeover or if you missed the the first match that they had at at NXT UK, if you're not if you're not squeamish, please watch that match (laughs) because that is that was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen and just star making like star making performance by Ilya Dragunov. Like that dude, that dude's got like Russian killer. Like if he was on SmackDown tomorrow, I wouldn't be mad at all.
0: It's one of those matches that you could show you could just turn on and any if you if you show it to someone who's not a wrestling fan you don't have to explain a
2: single thing. Yeah. Does it, does it pass the ricochet osprey yes. test? <laughs> like where somebody doesn't well, know. Okay, wrestling. you okay, you
0: can interpret that in a couple of different ways. But yes, I mean I think that like anyone watching that would be like, oh, okay, oh now I see what wrestling is. Oh wait, this is re- this is incredible. Oh my yeah. god. Like look at what yeah. they're oh my and then you know, then you cheer at the end. Yes. Uh I I joked with uh with Evan that this should be they should just put Dragonov Walter in like the Sean uh, Razor ladder match category, where it's just like if there's any big pay-per-view coming up and somehow like they haven't quite got the ticket sales they want or it's like the, the main event falls through, just have Vince come out and just be like, I know what you really want. Off versus Walter. I just put that on the show because then everybody will watch it again, you know,
2: like. basically what Triple H did. It was like, listen, I know TakeOver is looking a little s- s- smudged, but we're going to take this awesome match from the UK and put it in, in Florida and you're all going to love it. You know, so yeah, man, the NXT UK. I mean, quietly, they've been their best development. You know, in the past several years, and you're looking yeah. at, you know, Rhea Ripley. I mean, you got Dewdrop over there. You love every. You know, they're bringing back, I guess, British Strong style and the new way with, um, you know, Rich Holland and 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 Pete Dunn. And you still got Walter waiting in the wings, and I, I got it under good authority. Walter isn't crazy about staying in the United States, but I'm sure he could be convinced with a few zeros.
0: We were talking about that this week, too. I was like, it's the money thing. I think it's more of an issue of how much money you're paying him compared to the other people that he'll be wrestling. But I don't even think that should be an issue. It's like the punk thing. It's rising tides. You know, like, you all are going to do better, and, and and it should be, like... Half of the WWE roster, or the main eventers right now, are basically part-time talent. So just, you know, you make it yeah. work. And if and listen, they're not even back on the road yet in some kind of real way, you know? I mean, it's like there's not...
2: And they're taping shows, too. Like, they, they, well,
0: they, like You know, this was a huge deal in the WCW, you know, in the early days of the Monday Night Wars. When Colin Nash went over there, it was fewer guaranteed dates, right? It was fewer dates to make the same amount of money. And... Don't think that's not going to be an issue now. Don't think that, like, even some dudes that, like, are interested in staying in WWE are going to look at it and just be like, wait, only have to work two nights a week with the competition or three nights or whatever they're going to do, you know? I mean, it's occasional pay-per-views. If WWE goes back to a full-time touring schedule, which, yeah, who knows what they're going to do, but if they did, that's a huge difference, man. I mean, Kaz, I'm here, like, here's a, stack of hundreds do you want to work two days a week for it or five you know i mean like (laughs) there you go yeah
2: yeah i mean so not a hard decision so i'm just
0: saying like it's not going to be like the fact that we have it in our head that it's a deal breaker for walter to not be here in a full-time schedule or really i mean do you think do you think walter would be if walter loves living and is it living you know overseas do you think that would prohibit him from taking whatever deal CM Punk just signed, even for like less, much less money? No, I mean, I guarantee whatever CM Punk signed is a totally workable deal for Walter. So WWE is probably going to have to be open to doing that sort of thing too. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, what else do we need to do? Let's bat a little cleanup for SummerSlam. Um, well, let's let's do let's do Becky and Bianca. Let's just do it. Let's uh, rip the Band-Aid off. there. People are going to be talking about when they were listening to this podcast. They're going to be watching about to watch smackdown either to t- you know tomorrow or tonight depending on when you're listening to it um i don't even know what to say at this point
2: let's let's I, I got an idea let's 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 uh let's break this down shout out to my good friend david dennis of the undefeated oh yeah he had a, gr- he had a great Twitter thing just on the thought of squash matches right like <laughs> why they're there Wait, i didn't see this oh what, this is what great they work for <laughs> And why so many people are upset. I think I think some people need to kind of be broken down here because I don't think there's anybody who was not happy to see Becky Lynch back. I think there's been several ways, several, there's been several instances where a squash happens and there's not there's one or two outcomes there, right? right? So again, folks following along, squash matches usually done to either build up a baby face, build up a monster heel, or the third option, get all of us talking. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, yeah, to tell a story. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Tell a yes. story. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's the catalyst to a long story. Other times it's to build somebody up who's awesome or build somebody up who's a monster. And here it falls into the third category which is, you know, when you talk about Kofi and Brock for the world title, monster heel, it's Brock Lesnar, it's Kofi Kingston, left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth for all the reasons that we feel about Bianca Belair. Second example of a squash match that got a lot of, a lot of heat, Sheamus versus Daniel O'Brien, opening match at WrestleMania, bro kick, a guy who was hot as a heel, But, you know, kind of gets stomped out by, you know, which which I guess in in hindsight probably was a a solid idea because it kind of sort of, in a way, sprinkled in the first instances of the yes movement. But with Bianca and Becky, none of that was accomplished. Right. Like Bianca Belair is basically. One could argue outside of John Cena, she sold SummerSlam. Like she was Mm -hmm. the face that. That was everywhere. She was the one doing all the press. She was the one in, you know, basically the the, the mascot for the Cardi B record. Like she, it was it was because of her. Like she was the person on the marquee when you get out there. Like it, it, Bianca, we were coming to see Bianca Bela, and it's hard to get a baby face like that who is, I don't want to say shoved, but pushed very heavily. And we said this before the, before the pay-per-view even started, like Bianca Belair has been bulletproof ever since she got into the main roster. She won the rumble. She won the title. She, I don't think she ever loses on, on, on regular TV. And she is the, she's in so many words, the face of the company outside of Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. Um, So when Sasha is, doesn't show up because, you know, Infer which reasons you you want to infer. I, I don't want to speculate on why she she didn't make it there, but um. That squash is something that really really, if you don't play it right, you lose everything that you build up with Bianca Belair in the past year and a half and making her the monster, not monster, but like the, the, the next face of the company that we all expect her to be. Um, granted, it's Becky Lynch. Granted, outside of Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks, probably the biggest woman star that they've had. And if this is the beginning of something long, which I assume it is, I think we'll look back at this and be like, okay, it wasn't such a bad idea, but it definitely left a bad taste in my mouth in the, in the, in the, in the immediate term. Um, it's, it scares me though. It really does scare me because we have so many, we have so many, um, instances of when these things happen with Brock Lesnar, with, with Kofi, with Seamus and Brian, if it wasn't for a damn near mutiny, we, Daniel Bryan may have never recovered from that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, it's
0: like, the, that's, that's important.
2: So like, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous game you play when you do these squash matches, especially with somebody that's built up so heavily. Whereas, you know, some folks just. May not buy into her ever again, just knowing that, hey, man, like Becky Lynch beat you with a smack in the face in the rock bottom after having a baby. You know, <laughs> like, it just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough act that they're pulling off. I'm going to give WWE the probably unearned benefit of the doubt that this is going to pay off the long run for Bianca. But we'll see, man. There was a lot of unhappy folks in that stadium when that went down. I was one of them. I was front row with 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 Bill and Colin Coward and Wale and Omar from Sports Center. Like, a, the air was completely sucked out of the building after that match happened. Thank God for Seth Rollins and Edge and that brood entrance because the next mm-hmm. two matches after that were just, Dead.
0: There was just... There was still
2: a buzz in the, in the stadium. Like, I can't believe we just saw that. Like, I can't believe that just happened. So, let's hope something's happening.
0: First of all, I want to point out that one time I was sitting outside. Where was I? I was in like Savannah or Charleston. I was on a, like a road trip and I was like walking out on the street and I heard someone say my name and it was David Dennis. And I was just like, it was like the, one of the strangest like <laughs> worlds colliding moments. I was love like, what David are, D, man. Why are we like, why are we looking at each other right now? Like we're, neither <laughs> of us are home. This is the strangest thing in the world. Um, fantastic writer. Love that guy. But uh listen, that's a, those are all really good points. The thing I just keep coming back to, and I think I said this on Green Room right after the event, was when Becky pinned Bianca, yes, it was a squash, uh, but it was also like, the, and, and every, and there were, you know, everybody was dead silent when it happened, right? So, like, my, like, I was like, all you need to know is, People were cheering like nuts when she came out. It was the biggest moment of the night and it was dead silence after she won. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying now that she's a heel and that she wanted to come back as a heel. She was influenced by Roman Reigns' success and blah, blah, blah. But she was celebrating like a baby face after that. So there's a lot of disconnect, right? There's like, they're not well, projecting. It was a bit
2: of a cheap shot. A they're cheap not
0: projecting shot. the story they want to tell. You know, you can't just do that. No one understood. No one understood what they were seeing. That is a problem. And the biggest problem is not the biggest problem, but the but the but the symptomatic problem is that part of the reason why everybody was silent was because when she pinned B- Bianca, everybody was sitting down. And when you're in the arena, when you're in an arena like that, everybody stands up for the big moments and for the entrances and for the finishes. And then they sit down when the match begins, right? And you watch it sitting down. Literally everybody, at least on the floor, everybody was looking at their seat, pushing it down, you know, to make sure they got their butt in the right place <laughs> for the match to begin. And they look up and all of a sudden the match is over. Now, over. that, what? that's not... That that, that that might not sound like the biggest deal in the world, but for a show that's, like, planned out by the second and is geared towards getting the optimum crowd reaction, that is a huge fucking error, right? I mean, like, that's an unforced error. Give everybody 10 more seconds of a stare down to get in their seats before you go to the cheap finish, you know? And the fact that they didn't have that even planned out to that to, and enough to realize that that was a, a, a problem... Just shows you how, like, kind of that's just a symptom of everything else that went wrong in that segment. First of all, if Becky doesn't want, if Becky doesn't comes back and she says, "I'm not going to work unless I play heel," well, and like I said on Evan's show, I mean, Vince has spent his whole career telling his his biggest stars that they're not allowed to be heels, right? So I'm not exactly sure what the what the uh, how she like had some kind of leverage over him that Roman Reigns didn't have for the first five years of his career, right? But but aside from that at least have her do a babyface run for like 2 months or a month or like you know at least wait until Smackdown or wait until you know I mean like get like milk it sell those freaking t-shirts man because listen that pop was the closest thing WWE had in their in their back pocket to to rival the CM the Pop CM Punk got and now now do they even have the t shirt sales? Anything even close to rivaling the opportunity for t shirt sales now that she's, a, if she's going to be like healing off on Bianca? And-
2: so, so let's, so let's, let's keep it a buck though, man. Like I, I was, I was there for the Becky Lynch run. Like I was, my, my writing days at WWE were uniquely centered around the rise of Becky Lynch. So I mean, people forget like she was running heel for most of that run. Like when, when the whole Charlotte, you know, best friend thing happened. And like the man was made because, you know, Charlotte Flair's, Rick Flair's daughter. And to beat the man, you got to beat the man. And Charlotte was a baby face here. She was a baby face. And but everybody was, was booing her. That's the whole point. was booing her. Yes. The yes. biggest problem, the
0: biggest problem with the whole thing was the first unforced error was that she turned on Charlotte. Everybody booed Charlotte. And yeah. they still made her come out the next night on Raw or whenever that was and cut a heel promo and be like, you guys turned your backs on me. And the yeah. whole crowd and the crowd is just like, no, I think you've totally misunderstood what's happening here. <laughs> uh, and then eventually they made her be a baby face because that's yeah. the reaction she was getting. Well, they should have seen that at the beginning, right? I mean, no, they should have seen think, that a second. I think what the turned term.
2: her and I may be wrong here, but I think what turned her was Survivor Series when it was, you know, when the, the lead up to there and they invaded Raw and Nia Jax clocked her in the face she got a broken nose, and she was hot as fish grease, especially after that 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 moment. And then she had to relinquish the title, or relinquish, you know, her her match uh, against Ronda Rousey, who was the babyface at that point. And you know, it was just it was one of those moments where you know this heel is so good, you just had to turn her. And the unfortunate injury accelerated that babyface turn. Like she wasn't all the way there yet. Like. Yes, it was SummerSlam and they cheer, but that's what they do in New York. We're cheering the heels, we're booing the faces. That's almost like an outlier. She wasn't all the way there yet. Um, A lot of those big moments with Becky Lynch happened when she was a heel. And a cool heel, which depending on what kind of wrestling fan you are, some people don't like cool heels. Some people like people you can look at. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get
0: that. I get that. And, And listen, that's fine. Whatever they wanted to do, though, they didn't tell the story well on Saturday. And that's, and and you can't, people kept on saying to me after the show, I talked to a lot of people that are very tied into this world and are maybe a lot more sympathetic to, you know, WWE's plans than I was. Um, A lot of stuff changed over the course of that day. I mean, I had, like, I I, I don't know if we said it on this show or whatever, but, like, Becky Lynch apparently woke up Saturday. She didn't know she was going to wrestle, right? She knew she was going to be on the show. She didn't know she was going to wrestle. Uh, related story. Brock Lesnar, someone said that Roman Reigns didn't know Brock Lesnar was coming out yeah, when he went to that's, the ring. That's so, true. That and, true. And, and I, I mean, I, I had heard very specifically that they didn't know Brock was going to be there till he showed up in Gorilla. That was a quote that I got and I was like, Gorilla during the match? And the person yeah. I talked to was like, well, at some point, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, uh,
2: You can tell, you can tell by Roman's reaction, but I have under good authority that is 100% correct. Uh, there were, there was multiple finishes planned. For Cena and and Roman, and then when Roman went over clean, that was thought to be the end of the show. And I think the only people who knew Brock was in the building and it was going to hit that music was Brock and Vince. <laughs> you know, so I yeah, huge moment, huge moment. You got
0: yeah, you
2: yeah. I mean, that.
0: you could all you you could tell that Brock, you could tell that Brock had just you know was it was straight from the airport because he still had the airplane cushion wrapped around his neck when he came to ringside. <laughs> uh, and yeah it was really it was it was a it was a very weird moment when you look at it through that lens. But the Becky thing, people I was talking to people after the match and they're like, "Listen, there's all these extenuating circumstances. They waited on Sasha way too, you know, longer than they probably should have. They tried to get Zelina there because at one point the idea was Zelina and Carmela versus Bianca and then Bailey and then Becky would make the run in afterwards or something like that. But they couldn't get Zelina there. Like t- think about that for a second. They waited long enough that they couldn't get her on a flight there and she wasn't there already to accompany Sasha to the ring I mean like I don't know man and but but, I, but what I kept on saying is like if you can't have the match don't have the match this is it's like
2: the
0: the the difference between
2: I think we're in a different era of WWE fan fandom where if a match just doesn't happen I think people would understand yeah, they just I mean, and listen, the room, what,
0: what is know? the what is the bare minimum? They stare down in the ring and kind of do a friendly but like snarky, like oh, well, you know, this is coming up soon. Like that's not the highest high you could get to, but it's not it's not like substantially lower than the highest high you could get to, especially compared to where they got, which was like somewhere in the cellar, you know. And and if you can't have the match, don't have the match. It's really that simple, man. Especially as this is not. It'd be one thing if if. If it was if Becky came out and she was facing down Carmella or facing down someone who you know could you know was more of a scaredy cat heel that could eat the loss or just something like that, but you did it you 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 hurt Bianca Belair in the process.
2: And, hey, and that, hey, there's also the you could just make this a triple threat match and just go over Carmella and win the title. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you could cheap shot Carmella, that gets a pop, and then you yeah. could... Let that heel turn kind of burn out and, and get some some traction off that
0: tire. But that's so so simple, and it would work so well, right? But it was just, but it's just like there's so many ways that it could have been done differently. And I think that the thing, biggest thing is even if ever you give WWE all the benefit of the doubt, then you're still left there thinking, what are we supposed to think about the fact that you that that you're not protecting Bianca Belair in all this, right? I mean, at a moment in time when the I mean the number one priority is getting is you know booking moments like. Becky's return, like Brock's return, okay, sure. But your number two priority has to be building new stars, like and star. more than any, and and more than anything else, giving the uh, impression that you're building new stars, right? So if you're like negotiating new contracts with talent, or you know, a- appealing to your most diehard fans, they're not sitting there thinking, "Well, dude, Bianca Belair was the biggest thing they got, and they just let Becky squash her," right? This is Monday. She, this is, there's going to be lots of echoes. Of the Monday Night Wars coming up, and guess what? is playing WCW right now. We're just gonna we're just gonna put Kevin Nash in the main event and let him like you know roll over dudes who who, who you who you like better than him. I mean, yeah, it's just another, crazy.
2: another squash that I that I that I forgot to mention that David mentioned that can lead to some bad things was the finger poke of doom. <laughs> you know, you don't want that to happen either. I mean, that's an extreme case, obviously. Yeah, but, you know.
0: yeah. So, I mean, it's listen. They, if Becky is a, a heel on Friday, then I think SmackDown. I mean, then I think SummerSlam becomes easier to forget. Maybe not to forgive, but to forget. Uh, if she comes out and tries to run babyface, and they just and everybody boos her, it's going to be you know part two of the biggest catastrophe of all time but yeah. you know
2: who knows? No, i think i think becky just just as as seeing her character her baby face run isn't as long as people like to pretend it was she was she was much more of a, a jerk heel that said some funny cool stuff and was great on social media um than people realized because i think it's been a while since you know she, she was in here. I mean, I think when she was champ, when she was champ champ, she was a mega baby face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before then, what got her to man status was her being a heel. So I I reserve the right to see what they do with her. She's been quiet. I know she's got something planned. If she's inspired by Roman Reigns, we've already seen that that can work very well in her favor. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Not a whole lot of strong heels out there with Bailey hurt. Uh, Sasha probably out. So this might have been the only way they could have gone on SmackDown to give Bianca a viable challenger or a viable chase for that title. Uh,
0: well, as we're previewing SmackDown, let's just hit on the one more the, the, that one other thing: Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Paul Heyman, and I guess might as well throw in Finn Balor into this question. I don't know if he's still even in the picture or not. That's part of the. I guess that's part of the the. Well, that's that's this question, mm-hmm. but what what do you expect to happen? on SmackDown between Brock Roman and the middleman, Paul Heyman?
2: Man, I don't know. I do not know. For the first time in a while, I truly do not know. I don't think... If you're doing Roman Brock 3 or 4, depending on how many matches you're counting, um, I think it's pretty soon to start warming that bus up until Survivor Series or Extreme Rules. I don't think that's going to happen. There's a small part of me that thinks they team up. I don't know. <laughs> like there's a small part of me that thinks that like Roman and Brock just destroying SmackDown together. I don't know. I, I I do not know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they if they got a match to set up or you know Brock is, is coming to take the title back or you know something happens with with Paul Heyman screwing over Brock and you know you got babyface Brock chasing the, the bloodline for as long as you know they can but there's a small part of me that wishes they would team up and and you got Finn Balor as your top baby face. You know, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think seeing with Cena gone and Brock being there for, I willing to make a guess, not every week until WrestleMania <laughs> um, as a special attraction, uh, the special attraction of special attractions. I would love to see them a two-man power trip. I don't think it'll happen. I actually severely doubt it'll happen. But that's just what I want to see. What about you?
0: I mean, that'd be awesome. I, w- I frankly would rather see the two-man power trip be... Lesnar and Cena. When you like to see them get together and <laughs> the
2: <take O-E-W-O-G's>. Yeah. <laughs> the Just like holding, holding
0: it down for the old school. Yeah. I um,
2: first class for wrestling. <laughs> dude, I can't
0: do this. I can't do this Paul Heyman fantasy booking because everything every time I do it, I do it like it involves Curtis Axel and Cesaro and all the Paul Heyman guys, CM Punk, I mean, all the Paul Heyman guys throughout history. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough for me to you know, get too up in my fantasies about that. But yeah, I mean, listen, two man power trip would be freaking awesome between those two. I mean, that that would be Roman and Lesnar side by side. That could be really great, you know, Give, put Roman in the flowered lay, you know, and just let him come out there and <laughs> act like he's joining the table. I mean, I mean, uh, Brock, Brock and act Brock like he's like he's joining the table a little bit.
2: Yeah, um, like maybe Brock comes in and is like, man, Paul talks to me. We're all good, bro. And he just kind of plays along for a while and just like rides with with Brock and rides with Roman for a minute. And then you start to plant the seeds of like, I want that title. Like, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I doubt it'll happen. It sounds too fun to be true and probably doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, But I don't know. I'm just not I don't know if I'm all the way ready for Roman and Brock three uh, just yet. I hope it's I hope I'm getting swerved. I'm
0: hoping for. Yeah, I mean, one of the things now is we got the Saudi Arabia show coming up and we don't actually, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around the trajectory this thing's on. I think we'll know a lot more after SmackDown. Um, Dude, I hope that Finn Balor is not totally out of the picture, but for now, I mean, those two guys, Roman and Brock, will just take up all the oxygen in the room and that's fine. Well, I mean, SmackDown is going to be just, is just stacked now right i mean we have huge questions about the bianca and sasha i mean bianca and bailey and becky thing as well as brock and roman that are just gonna i mean what an episode that's gonna be i mean there's just so much room for it uh i mean there's so much story to tell and not enough room for it um we gotta get out of here a couple news bites a hit before uh we do see adam cole we mentioned him earlier is gonna be a free agent apparently on friday um
2: but he's got toys to sell first <laughs> yes, he has toys to sell
0: first. I don't know, man. I got a lot. I, I talked to a lot of people over SummerSlam weekend and didn't, and I didn't, and nobody knew what Adam Cole was up to. I
2: have no A idea. lot of people,
0: a lot of people had theories, but nobody knew. I don't know if, I think he must be, he must be playing it really straight. I mean, yeah. you know, he's been working on the short-term contract and, and I think that, um, I think that probably he didn't, I mean, he, he probably hasn't told anybody. So we'll see. I don't,
2: um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He can make a, he it. He be... sense. He makes sense in the elite. He makes sense in AEW. He makes sense as the top guy on Raw, too, or the top new babyface. He keeps calling himself once in a generation, never again, never will be. There's a part of me that just understanding how, like, marketing works. I don't think the WWE gives you a fat Mattel check if they're going to let you go to the competition in 30 days. <laughs> yeah, but, I, mean? I mean, I don't, I don't think... I, I don't know. And, and some Uno cards, you know, like this, Yeah. That, that's that's not no small piece of change, you know, like when you're on the face of, of an Uno deal, a Mattel deal, you just had your last match on NXT, and you're about to be a free agent, you either got some incredible negotiation tactics or you, you signed the new long-term deal for a lot of money and you're going to be a big deal on the main roster and not just a guy.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. That's actually a really interesting one to watch. It's funny that we find out that this, you know, we hear the rumors about punk and Daniel Bryan, like a month before they come over and somehow Adam Cole is still, I believe an unrestricted free agent and nobody knows what he's going to do. So kudos to that guy.
2: Did the elite wear any, any cute t-shirts alluding to Adam Cole or (laughs) something? Punk.
0: Punk had initials on both of his shoes when he came out on Friday night, and AC was one of the sets of initials. That mm-hmm. that was the only thing. The other one was like CF or something. Like everyone thought it was Charlotte Flair, but I, I don't know. Uh, AC could have been a lot of things. Yeah, who knows? Who knows?
2: Um, who knows?
0: Uh, did you see Giannis at AEW? Yes,
2: yes. Giannis is a big wrestling fan. Man.
0: When you start losing the NBA players to the competition, that's when WWE's <laughs> got to get worried.
2: <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, were they in Pfizer? Were they in Pfizer for him or were they were in another stadium? I, think they, I don't know. I think they were in another
0: place, but I don't know, actually.
2: Yeah, it didn't sound, it didn't look like Pfizer, but yeah. I mean, listen, Giannis is a, is a long time wrestling fan. If anybody who watches pregame routines, with the, the Lopez brothers and doing the wrestling matches before every show, like he is the first, he is the first person to hold both AEW and Universal titles. So I mean, shout out to him. He did make history there, uh, but I thought it was a great moment, man. I, I thought it was. I, th- I love. I love seeing the crossover. I love seeing the mainstream appeal of professional wrestling once again, kind of taking shape. It's been a while. Uh, it kind of comes and it goes, but this feels something that, that's going to be prolonged. Going to be here for a while. So when you get the reigning finals MVP on your show, and it's not WWE. Pretty big deal.
0: Pretty big deal. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, taken from WWE, um, Meltzer's latest, intel is that impact is going to go heavy after Bray Wyatt. What do you think about that?
2: It's sort of interesting. Very interesting. And I don't think it's that crazy because if you look at Wyatt and look at his storytelling, uh, abilities, you kind of link back to the, the house of Hardy days when the Hardy boys mm-hmm. were running impact. And they were running shit. Like, they had... I mean, Impact has had some 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 moments here and there. But, I mean, the final deletion on Impact Wrestling was probably one of the best things they've ever done. And something that I think Bray Wyatt, if they're just like, hey, here's 40 minutes to do whatever the fuck you want to do, Bray. Like... I don't see, I, I think Bray takes that into consideration. I don't know if money is, I don't, he's been in WWE for a while. I'm not sure if money is his sole. Money uh, might not be
0: an issue if you're, you yeah. know, if, if this is the one big, sp- you know, it impacts one big expenditure, or, you know, whatever, who knows? I mean, maybe they can afford that. I, I think that there's, it is interesting. You look at someone like Aleister Black, who had a little bit of the, you know, mysticism, spookiness in WWE, and he came to AEW and he got more real, right? Um, uh, there's certainly going to be a premium on just people being a little bit, AEW is just, you know, a little bit less, a little bit less of the magic of the hocus pocus stuff, you know? And, and if Bray is intent on kind of keeping on with the story he was telling, maybe that's a problem. Also there's the issue with time and people always talk about, Oh, this guy's signing with AEW. It's going to, all these other people are going to lose their spot or lose their airtime. And, and, you know, we've talked about it before. That's sort of true and it's not true. But when you have someone like Bray Wyatt, who really does just like squat, and listen, on Raw, he was invaluable because they needed to fill up time, right? But if it's part of his vision, is like I just get fifteen minutes of pre-tape every week. That might be a tough. That might be a tough argument. I guess it. It wouldn't shock me, even though I. Th- even though the rumor initially was he's going to AEW, and and that that's probably you know the money's there. But it would shock me if he was sort of like um, if he kind of took like the Jimmy Butler approach in free agency. And he's like, no, nah, I need my own team. Like I tried the super team. It's just like I'm the star of this, yeah. of what, what, whatever happens now.
2: Yeah, I think, I've seen a lot of people like kind of poo-pooing on it. And like the more I thought about it, I'm like, it doesn't seem that out of the box to me for, for Bray Wyatt to do something completely different where he would have full creative control is, you know, lots of people are after it for money. Lots of people are after it for fame. Wyatt is a second-generation guy. He come, mm-hmm. he's got wrestling in his blood, so creative control is probably a big thing to him, and he probably wants to go somewhere where he could have his vision fully filled out. And I think him making it an impact at at a, at a wrestling company is better than him being a, a, another big fish in the pond, you know. So, who knows where that goes? I don't think I don't think it's out the realm of possibility that he shows up in impact and still having the ability to kind of like touch other promotions, touch AEW, touch New Japan, just because of where impact is right now at the moment. So who knows, man, Christian's over there. He's the world champion. There's things to work out there.
0: Christian's great in his current role. I mean, I just think he's such a good talker. And when you put a belt, he's one of those people, you know, we got the people who the belts don't help, right? The sort of the, the, the guys, the undertaker types who are too big for the belt. Uh, We used to think Brock was that kind of guy, but then he, you know, got the belt, but Christian is the sort of guy that when he has the belt over his shoulder, he's just like twice as good. You know? I mean, it's just, he just looks right. He feels like the, like the posture gets a little bit stiffer. He just is, I don't know. It's, it's really, I, I, I enjoy watching. I enjoyed watching Christian on Wednesday night a lot. All right. We got to get out of here. Uh, We talked about as much as we could possibly have talked about. There are some things we didn't talk about, but until we get to those, uh, Kaz, you want to do some plugs?
2: Yeah, you know what time it is. Say less with cats Loki, and Rosie every Monday wherever you stream podcasts. And on YouTube.com slash Check me out on MSG PM. Coming back September 6th, every Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Check your local listings. Or if you got MSG Networks, check it out. Me and Monica McNutt getting ready to talk football and basketball as the seasons come on. And um, that's all I got to plug this week, man.
0: You can find me here. You can find me on the Press Box. You can find me on uh, Evan's show, Mac Mania, earlier this week. And next week, well, I think, hope maybe we'll have some more stuff to announce. Watch this space. Make sure you're subscribed to this Ringer Wrestling Show channel uh, because we're going to have some interesting other other stuff popping up. Big announcements in a lot of different directions, but I think we'll have something next week. We'll see. We'll see. Don't get too excited, maybe, but get excited. (laughs) Uh, Until then, don't
2: CM Punk this announcement, <laughs> Dave. That's true. That's <laughs> Don't true. tell people to get a little, have a little patience. Yeah, you might have to
0: have a little bit of patience. Before <laughs> well, apologies to apologies to CM Punk. We didn't give him enough time, as much time as we gave him.
2: No, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have plenty of punks to talk about within the
0: weeks. Yeah, we will. Until we time. will. He said we got a lot of time to do this. Apologies to... Uh, Kenny Omega and his crew, who are more healed out than any crew has ever been. Apologies to Brock Anderson. May he rest in peace. Apologies (laughs) to Lee Johnson, who got to close the show last night and we didn't even talk about him. Apologies to Bobby Lashley. He's one of the absolute best. Apologies to Finn Balor if he's getting squeezed out. Apologies to AJ Mendez and apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids.
2: Tony Schiavone here on The Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show.